It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk. Your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 501. Today is Sunday, November 1st, 2020, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hammy and Curtis, and folks, please help out the show by telling your friends, sharing links, and writing reviews. If you do, well... It'd be really nice because you know, this is the last show and everything. <laughs> yes. Spread the word. Spread the word. <laughs> we, you know, we'd, we'd really appreciate it. Um, all right. So tonight's show, we wrap it all up and look back at our favorite moments of the show. But first, a quick break. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Hot Ham and Steve's House of Braves Talk, the weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to the show. I'm Steve. Over there is Hot Ham, who's not a porn actor, by the way. Although I am interested in any opportunities after this week. And that was the first 20 seconds of the very first episode of the podcast. So (laughs) I've got a lot of things to unpack here that I've forgotten about. (laughs) So, so look, I remember the whole Hot Ham and Steve debacle. Mm confusion or whatever that was and, yeah and i remember we you know it was house of braves talk but first off like i had totally forgotten it was hot ham and steve's house of braves talk like yep. we were the executive producers and the stars above the title ham <laughs> <laughs> those nicknames were so good we put we it led above with, the title yeah well, we were trying to get listeners, and we thought that was our best way, is to leave with Hot Ham and Steve. So, Ham, this was your idea, yes? The Hot Ham and Steve, is that true? <laughs> I will not own that all by myself. You no, know, I agreed to it, but I, I do feel like you came with the idea first. You agreed to it to the point that it was, and Steve? <laughs> well... Ham and cheese doesn't work if it's Steve and hot ham. Yeah. See, it was a whole ham and cheese play on ham and Steve. Baseball. It felt like, yeah. Loves that or something. It felt like we were up against the deadline. I don't know. know. I've noticed ham since about sixth grade, and he's been trying to get him to call him, so us to call him hot ham for now. I see. So he saw his his opportunity. Yes. (laughs) Still trying. Guys, this year I'm going to go as hot ham. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so we're saying we're not going to go back to that it's done it's really might, it's, you know maybe we should start over <laughs> so that was oh, august man. 
27th, 2007. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, what, like lead the topic, like other than <laughs> that was Bob Wickman. I was like, Bob Wickman, if like, if we, if the first show that we ever did was about Bob Wickman, who it's nowhere to go, but up yeah, from exactly. there. <laughs> that was like, we had heated debate. It's amazing that we have four listeners today when our first show was called Hot Ham and Steve. And the first thing we talked about was Bob Wickman. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yet here we are. Yeah. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about, like, um, how it all started. You know, we had... Um, I mean, honestly, it was, right, so it was the late 2000s, and I was really um, hungry for Braves talk, and in Atlanta, in the 2000s particularly, there wasn't really any. You know, you had, you had, you had Skip's pregame show, which was a thing unto itself, um, but they weren't really talking about the Braves on local sports talk. You know, it was all football. Yeah. Um, you know, this was not 1992. Um, you know, and I went looking for a podcast because I figured, we, you know, there'd be a podcast I could listen to. And I found one. And I really wish I could remember the name. Um, but I didn't like it very much. And I was like, well, we could do our own. You know, and, and like a month later, Ham, uh, you and I were recording. It was funny. I, I was like, my God, why is the sound quality so terrible? And then I remembered that we were using my company's conference call line. We were. we were just calling in on our cell phones, man. Yep. That was like for months. Yep. <laughs> and I had like a brick cell phone. I, th- I had like I, I don't think I'd had an iPhone back then. I had like a it was like a Palm. Yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah. Or no, I'm sure yeah, I was yeah. on a BlackBerry. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um. Yeah, and you know that first year, um. You know, Scott, who does the intro and the outro, he would come on the show some. Our buddy Frank, who whose um, you know, wife gave him the very awesome nickname of Ballpark Frank, he would come on some. Um, you know, and that was the first few months of the show. We were the panel. There was a show called The Panel Returns, and it was us four. And I think in that first season, yep. <laughs> That's right. Um and then we get to 08, and Kurt starts to make some guest appearances. Well, he started as a uh, as a blogger. Um, and actually, so we did our first season, and um, I came back to Atlanta for our uh, 20th high school reunion um, and hung out with Kurt. I mean, Kurt, as Kurt said, we've been friends for forever. Um, and in hanging out, said that you and I were doing the show, and we, you know— we needed another condiment in a hot ham and Steve. <laughs> sure. <laughs> trying to trying to figure out how Kurt could work into that. Some mayonnaise. Yeah. Um, so uh, yes, and that's and that's when Kurt. I think Kurt, you were didn't you write some stuff first? I did. Or? I did. Um, I think I ended up doing like three or four blogs, which are still available at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com if you'd like to go back and read that content. Um, but yeah, I remember us talking about it cause we had come back to my house after the reunion and we discussed it very briefly as you were headed off to head home. And, um, 
So I also remember the first time you guys asked me to be on the show. Maybe it was part of that panel show. And um, I was so excited and like made sure that everything was quiet, was down in my basement and like lost you guys like halfway through (laughs) the thing. My phone dropped and I was like, well, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I had my shot. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah. Yeah, we all wrote some blogs in the very early days. I, I discovered my first, it may have been my only one. Um, it was not great, but the title, I, I did like the title. The title was I Before E, Except When Trading Teixeira. <laughs> Which may be the best thing I ever did on the, you know, in the blog. Um, so, you know, just some sort of landmark moments, right? End of 08 was the first time we had DOB on. And that was a real boon for the podcast, because back then in the you know, the second half of the 2000s, like, D.O.B.'s AJC blog, you know, he would write a blog. And then that really was the gathering place for most Braves fans. Yeah, totally. I mean, the comment section. The comment of his section. Blog. And he would answer questions. And, I mean, that was that was sort of the, that was the epicenter of Braves fandom in the second half of 2000. Um yeah, and he came on. I think that really sort of started to help things, you know. Well, do you remember what it was that got him on? I don't know. No, tell me. It was our interview with Javi Lopez. No, no, no. We had D.O.B. No, we had D.O.B. on before that. Cause oh, I thought we could never get him on. And then once we got the Javi Lopez interview, because I remember we used to send him links all the time and, and beg him to promote them as part of the that blog that he wrote no because i i wrote him a letter in uh, he was on august 2008 javi wasn't until january 2010 Ah, okay Um, yeah i just wrote him this super earnest email and he wrote back and said sounds good i'll do it you know as and he's i mean i don't know if this is when we start talking about dob he has been a true friend of the show i mean from day one. I mean, you just said it, Steve, right? Just yeah, answering this in. email. Right. We had, yeah, just very, very gracious, very kind, always very giving. I thought with us, with his time with us, I mean, he was, we would always end up asking him to be on the show right around when the Jayhawks were getting eliminated from the final four or March madness <laughs> oh, at some point. So it, training, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. And so it always seemed to end on that day when he was really, really angry about it, but he was always so great. Yeah, I mean, no one's been on the show more than D.O.B. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, yeah, January 09, as I was I was just going through past shows this year, January 09 was the first time I saw Kurt's name in the descriptions. Nice. Yeah. And there was hmm. a reference to fake Frank Wren. So, Ham, I think that, um, at least in the description, maybe we maybe he was drunk that day. <laughs> He may have been. I think we. I think we may have called him drunk afterwards, but we we may have never. I think. I think the plan was that I was going to do fake Frank Wren, and then, I guess my imitation of him became sort of drunk. Like I think afterwards. Wait a minute. That that was you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) we did have the real Frank Wren on. Go back and listen to. uh, Right? Didn't one of you interview? I think Steve, you did. You interviewed Frank Wren. Like uh, very, yeah, he was on. 
You can go back yeah, and listen. Yeah, that's right. I, I interviewed him on the field one day. Right. Um, yeah, with exactly. a press pass. That's right. Exactly. So you, if you, Was he drunk? You know, <laughs> he didn't seem drunk. I, I challenge listeners to go back and see which one was the real one and which two were the fake ones. <laughs> so, you know, but the first press pass, the first time we got into the stadium and behind the scenes was Curtis. In May '09. there was a show called Kurt Gets a Press Pass. <laughs> and Kurt, do you remember? I mean, I, I'm sure you do. Like that was you were you were writing like a freelance article for a magazine or something? Is that that's right? right. Uh, one of my one of my friends, she used to work for a magazine called Wear Atlanta, which is a magazine that they put in. There's it's sort of a franchise. They have them in most big cities, and they put them in hotels, and um, so they tell you what to do while you're in town. And every year. Uh, they would do a Braves um, cover story. And so she had been doing it and really didn't know anything about the Braves and really didn't care. And so once I started doing the podcast, she asked me if I would be interested in doing it. And I said, sure, of course. And then she also mentioned that part of that would be that I would get a press pass and that I could send her a list of Braves that I wanted to talk to. And I remember talking to you guys. And of course, we were like Chipper and McCann. And <laughs> yeah, Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox and John Sherholtz. <laughs> And I got um, Matt Diaz, <laughs> and um, it was I got I got Frenchie, who was great, and I had to t I remember having to talk to Frenchie because it was sort of at the end of his tenure with the Braves, so it was not the funnest conversation. I, you know, I mean, I had to ask him honestly if he you know what he thought about playing for another team if he didn't come back for the Braves. I talked to Jair Jurgens at the height of his. Uh, career with the Braves, yeah. Peter Moylan, who was really funny to talk to, Matt Diaz, who was a total tool. Um, whoa, but yeah, whoa. it was it was uh, that was sort of it, and that was really one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had was having that opportunity to go into the clubhouse and then out into the dugout while they took batting practice and hang out there. It was really amazing, so fun. Although I do remember Kurt on that night show, you know. We were asking you about your experiences and whatnot, and you um, <laughs> you referred to Chuck Dowdle in some um, negative way. Like, <laughs> I don't. Do you, do you remember what I'm about to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the the you know, PR like some, girl that that worked for the Braves has gotten to be a friend of ours too, and she's wonderful. She doesn't work for the Braves anymore, but after that show, she sort of sent us some pointers. <laughs> yeah, she was like, uh, maybe don't trash. Atlanta local news icons on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks. What did what did Kurt say? I was like a you know, tooth. I don't think it was that bad. It was it was sort of like you know Bubba Gump or something like that. I mean, he is sort of a huckleberry. So if you listen to UGA football games, which I do, he's their sideline guy, and he's he is exactly who he is. He is Chuck Dowdle. Can we cuss on the show since it's our last one? I mean, that's really not stopped you from cussing in like the last twelve. Episodes, I mean, so. I You're mean, just building up. You've got a lot of F-bombs you need to start throwing out now. <laughs> you said, I, I maybe let one or two slip. Sorry. <laughs> so I so mean, through like, that connection, right, um, I got a press pass in June. Um, I went back. I, I interviewed, you know, it was like, hey, we'll, you know, we will set up an interview for you at first. Like, they were really holding our hands at first, you know, and, and they they had lined up Kelly Johnson for me. Um, and then, yeah, Curtis, like going in the 
you know, once the once the clubhouse closed because it was batting practice, they kick everybody out, and then just hanging out in the dugout watching BP. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and that was also back when the Braves were much more receptive and open to working with um, alternative media, which I think they've sort of gotten away from. Well, I think well, actually, when talking to those guys now, I mean, I think that um, I think they've gotten a little back to it. But yeah, I mean, there certainly was a shift. Um, but yeah, I remember like, you know, putting my foot up on the top step of the dugout and like, you know, being like Bobby, you know, crossing my arm <laughs> on my leg. And I mean, just like it was. Yeah, it was really something else. Would really you stand amazing. near him and just imitate him? Yeah, like, just cross his arms. Yeah. Steve put on a full Braves uniform to walk out into the dugout. That's right. <laughs> so, and then what? And maybe see, maybe you're going to get to this. Wasn't there a night when you, Steve, you went to the press box and watched the game from the oh, press every, box? No, every time I had a press pass, I went to the press box and watched the game, and just and, tweeted from the press box. You know, just found a seat in the press box and ate dinner in the, you know, in the the press lounge beforehand and. Yeah, the whole thing, man. With with Bowman and Dob and all yeah, those guys, absolutely. Yeah. I never did that, which I should have. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. Um, I mean, and it led to so like one of the one of the strangest um, and just fascinating nights back to Frenchie. So this was, I mean, we're going to jump around a little bit, but August in August two thousand ten. So. I had a press pass and I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the dugout uh you know during BP and Ernie Johnson Jr is there because that's during that time that he was doing some play by play. Well they just got didn't they just get the postseason TBS it was their first first season that they were going to call postseason games. Yeah, I don't yeah maybe. I, I don't I remember. think it was. I think it was. But, but I mean, maybe, he, you know, he yeah. was doing a few games a week just for whatever, whoever was carrying it back then, if it was TBS or Fox Sports. I don't really remember. So, you know, I had sat next to Ernie. We just happened to be sitting next to each other in the dugout, and I chatted him up and asked him to be on the show, and he did come on the show later. He's super nice. Um, With his dogs barking the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you know, we see each other in the press box later that night during the game. The Braves are playing the Mets. And Frenchie is a Met at this point, okay? So, um, I'm down in the, I'm down um, under the stadium after the game, and you see Frenchie is on the phone and like he's talking to, you know, someone in his circle, you can tell. Um, and Ernie Johnson walks up to me, he's like, So, you know, what, what do you hear? You know, what do you know? Like, <laughs> like, like I know stuff. Yeah. You know, which was great. I mean, that made. I wish, you, I wish you'd made it. something up. I wish you'd made something up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't really know. You know, so Ernie, being Ernie, walks over to Frenchie, of course, and then comes back to me, and he's like, "Yeah, Frenchie just got traded to the Rangers." Mm. And you know, I I kind of regret. Like, there was part of me that wanted to just tweet it out. You know, breaking news, right? Because I, we, it was all happening right there, like. Dob and 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 Bowman and stuff didn't know that then. Me and Ernie knew it, you know. Um, I didn't, and then like 15 minutes later, Bowman tweeted it. But that was like as surreal as it got, sort of behind the scenes. Um, 
at, at the at the stadium with a press pass. It was really really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You mean that was not counting the time you butt dialed Dale Murphy? Well, <laughs> no, he <laughs> that was the, that was the headiest time inside of the stadium, but not talking like the best time of all Atlanta baseball talk time. <laughs> well, so it was Dale that butt dialed me. Right. Actually. Right. Like, no, so, we butt out Greg McMichael. Well, or yes, butt- we did like three or four times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was just this year. It was. Um, where we should have known better. Um, yeah. So, so I had a buddy at work who was part of the Mormon church, you know, and so he knew. So this was in, I think it was 2010 as well, um, or maybe in 09. Um, but he, you know, he knew about the podcast, right? I was talking about it and, and, you know, I was like, look, do you have any connection with Dale Murphy? Cause that would be amazing. And he's like, yeah, I actually do. Um, you know, let me work it right. And a couple months later, he invites me. It's like a Friday night to some, um, religious service where Dale was going to be somewhere in Atlanta. I mean, like this was, you know, OTP somewhere, right. A- outside of the city limits. Um, so I drive there and he introduces me to Dale and Dale's super nice, as you can imagine. And he's like, yeah, I'd be happy to come on the show. Um, you know, I give him my number and he says he'll get back to me. And I think he gives me his number too. And like, I'm supposed to just reach out if I don't hear him. And so, you know, I leave him some voice messages and, you know, some weeks are going by and he's not getting back. And I'm like, oh my God, he's really like going to blow us off. This isn't happening. And then it's some night, you know, some just weekday night, and Dale calls. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, he's calling. I I remember I run out to my backyard just so I'm not interrupted by the kids or whatever. I pick up, hey, Dale. And Dale has clearly (laughs) butt-dialed. You hear him and a bunch of people off in the distance. And, (laughs) you know, and I just start yelling into the phone dale dale it's you know and nothing i mean i finally had to hang up because he just had no idea he had no idea Uh, he did end up calling us back and he was really he was just terrific you know he was great Um, but he was he um just completely disrupt your sort of no. Sequential narrative here, Steve. So, was he before Glavin or after Glavin? No, Glavin, Glavin was the Glavin first. was our first big Wait. alumni, or our first alumni ever, really. Right, but we had the clubhouse interviews before Glavin. Like Kurt and you, what no, we had to talk about. Glavin was before, Glavin was 08. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, because we were not, we were not in, we had not gotten in. That was and Glavin was from. You went to a, a hockey game with yeah, him. That's right. So I'm. Yeah, that's right. There's a dated reference. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. you know, again, through work, like some client who um, knew about the podcast invited uh, a group of us to a Thrashers game in their box, and Glavin was in the box. Um. And so, yeah, I went up to him and introduced myself and uh, asked him to be on the show. He was like, sure. I mean, again, also really cool, you know. Um, yeah. And I remember that being this nightmare because he was, he was driving to Florida 
um, when we when we interviewed him, it was like a Saturday afternoon or something, you know. And I assume because he was in a moving car on a cell phone, like it dropped twice. Yeah. And the third time he came back, he was, you know, you could tell he was getting annoyed. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, we're really going to blow this first big opportunity with Glavin. But it ended up working out. Yeah, I think it was actually the fiftieth episode. If I wanna, if I remember. Um, huh. Yeah, I feel like it was show number 50, um, was Glavin. Wow. That was early. Wow, that was a coup early on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, and for the most part, every person we ever talked to, former player, existing player, were all amazingly nice and gracious. When you say, I mean, and maybe that's not surprising. Maybe they should be. And, you know, there were some people, <laughs> I think Otis, we had Otis Nixon on. That was an interesting interview. But he was still very accommodating, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, it, it was it was sort of surprising to me. I thought it would be harder and that they would be sort of, but once there was access there, and I'm sure you guys were, you know, nervous as hell with your, you know, hearts in your throat when you're in the clubhouse walking around and seeing chipper you know and tim hudson and all those guys but um yeah you know it seemed like everyone at the braves was very gracious and nice and it it was a different thing when they got comfortable with us because before as steve mentioned when we would have to set up these dates to go down to turner field you had to give them a list of players that you were interested in speaking with. And then they would sort of send you a list back of players that they would have available for you. And so at least you had a designated interview um, and a designated time that you were going to go, because otherwise it's not something that I'm familiar with. And obviously Steve as well, that you're not a beat reporter that's down there all the time that they know, or that you have, experience like hustling interviews with these guys during the minutes that they have available. And if they, sometimes if they don't recognize you and they're super busy, they might not be as accommodating. Um, so yeah, it, it was a little nerve wracking. I mean, it, it was like a, it was a catch 22 because we were excited that they had faith in us enough to invite us down there and not feel like they had to pre-set up interviews for us because they trusted us, but also it made it pretty difficult when you were trying to track guys down because if you're standing next to DOB or Mark Bowman or somebody like that, they're going to lend towards those guys more so than the podcasters who they don't know who they are. Well, yeah. right. And at first when, when we were getting press passes, they would set up, you know, five minutes with Kelly Johnson or whomever, but then it became, look, if you guys want to come, um, we're not going to handhold you. You got to hustle interviews. And that that was very nerve wracking. The last, you know, four or five times I had press passes, I was just standing around. I would chat up Dob because he knew me um, at that time. But yeah, it just became a who's alone at their locker and who's not like giving you the stink eye and who do you think you can walk up to, you know? And that was that was very nerve wracking. I didn't. I didn't love that part. No, I didn't. Either. I can't imagine. And, and also had bad experience. <laughs> the only other, besides Matt Dias, Nate McClouth was not very nice. Yeah, and he was one. He was standing there, so I tried to approach him, and he could not have wanted to blow me off any more than he actually did. Which is, he gave me. He said, "I'll give you thirty seconds," and he gave me like five and walked off. So, but I got to talk to Terry Pendleton, who was super nice. You know. Um, 
it was amazing. I mean, it was just a, the whole experience was really, I wish you had been down here, Ham, and been able to take advantage of one of those yeah. opportunities because it was really, it was just special. I mean, all I thought about was my grandfather, who was the biggest Braves fan that I ever knew and how crazy he would have thought it was that I was sitting in the clubhouse or sitting in the dugout watching the Braves. I mean, it's just mind blowing. That's amazing. Yeah, no doubt about it. And remember, we did, we got some like spring training interviews set up too. We had right. Tommy, we had Hansen. Tommy Hansen and Billy Wagner one year from spring training. Yeah. Didn't you talk to Tim Hudson too? I don't think we talked to Hudson. I, um, and then one year I was down, you know, visiting my dad or whatever, and we went to where the, um, the Cardinals and the Marlins share a, um, a spring training facility and the Braves were there and I spoke to Roger McDowell and Larry Parrish who was the um, who was the batting instructor at that time the hitting coach at that time um, yeah so we could we you know we had a few interesting spring training ones as well yeah I always thought it was funny that Tommy Hansen like all these old players that you talk to you know Hall of Famers would just give you their phone numbers and Tommy Hansen didn't trust you at all he wouldn't give you his phone number yeah. I mean, it was like through a second party that we had to get him connected like through a clubhouse phone or something like that well and that was you know look that was a big difference between the alumni and the current players right the alumni guys were really um, giving with their time and yeah gave us our phone numbers um, I'm sorry, gave us their phone numbers and we're just like happy to talk. You know, I mean, I, I tried to capture all the alumni that we had, <clears throat> right? We talked about Glavin and Dale Murphy and Otis Nixon. We had Sid Bream on, yep. who was so nice and so Bream, nice. we got <clears throat> like, I just went to one of the, it was one of the first, um, alumni weekends that the Braves did. And I just got in his line and was like, Hey, will you, you know? Would you come on our show? We do a Braves podcast. He was like, sure. And like called, I gave him my cell phone. He called my cell phone like two days later to set up a time, you know. He was so great. And just hearing, I mean, Kurt, you talk about your grandfather, right? But, um, you know, Sid Bream has a story that he'll never pay for a drink in his life for again, right? That's, you know, the slide and coming around and getting getting to hear him tell us that story and all the jokes and you know that he's told a thousand times and just so such a genuinely good man and just i mean i that was the high i think the sid interview was one of the highlights of the past 14 years for me you know um because that was that moment um as a braves fan was a, a, a seminal moment for me as a braves fan and just I, re, I just remember it so distinctly and you know steve you and i were just becoming friends then at that time and um you know and just and then to have him tell it and like just be there with him it was just amazing i always felt like it was surreal that we were interviewing him about that moment you know and he was so so nice um it was great yeah no was, doubt I mean, yep. another one that falls in that category for me was David Justice, who was also super nice. Yep. And to be able to talk to him about the 95 World Series and the, you know, the newspaper headline and the Homer that followed. And, um, yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites. I, the, he and, and Mark Wars really were the... 
I didn't do the Sid Bream interview with you guys, but I was on the Justice interview and he was great. And he was like, we've done some of these interviews and I won't mention names, but some of the guys that sort of mail it in and they're sort of like explaining baseball to us. And I'm like, dude, we do a baseball podcast. So we sort of know a little about baseball. I understand we don't know as much about it maybe as you do, but like Justice was just as genuine and funny and yeah awesome on the phone with us as you felt like he would totally be. And then Wollers I thought was hilarious because we always thought Mark Wollers because of what happened in 96 that he didn't want it because you just really hadn't heard much from Mark Wollers and he hadn't been at any of those alumni things that they set up at the, you know, every year with the Braves. And so I thought, well, gosh, maybe he just doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe it's just something that um, he's just moved on with his life and he doesn't want to really readdress that. And then we found him in the phone book. Yeah, yeah, and he just and I called his cell phone. He just picked up, so and, crazy, and was happy to join us. Yeah. And was so yeah. nice and so totally nice. talked about the pitch to Laris and yeah, and all know. that said, Steve Blass, right? I mean, he brought it up and was so like it was. He was great. Yeah. I my favorite. You mentioned it, Steve. My favorite was the uh, the Otis interview because he was. Um, he was a little guarded, but I think that's uh-huh. just his personality, right? I think Otis is, you know, not a very gregarious or outgoing guy, but um, you know, he's very honest. And then we got into a conversation around why stolen bases were down in the whatever year we interviewed him, and he he got angry about balks, and he said they're not calling balks, and he went off for like this rant for like five minutes, and I it was the most real I think any player ever got with us of, of just Otis just like laying it out there about how pissed he was about how pitchers were getting away with box. I don't know. And that was another moment where I'm like, is this really happening? Is, right. Otis, is Otis Nixon yet bitching to us about box? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we're talking about interviews, we got to talk about the Javi Lopez interview, mm-hmm. which was January, 2010. So first off, like he was, you know, my, my, Son was to my my first my firstborn was ten years old and he was really getting into the Braves and Javi was um, like seriously he was doing an appearance at like a um, cell phone store somewhere outside of Atlanta and so we went there you know one because my son wanted to because he was like giving away baseball gloves or some autographed baseball gloves. But, you know, we got up to the line and I just asked him, hey, do you want to be on the show? He was like, yeah, totally. Hey, he wrote his cell phone number down on the back of a business card. And I mean, and we had Javi. And so we have Javi on and we are, you know, we're talking about, you know, you know, Maddox and personal catcher and all that stuff. And this was, hey, I'm helping remember this was the, this was like the week before God, I, I I should have looked this up. But a week before, there was some something happened with Mark McGuire around. Like a question came up, and there was some interview with Mark McGuire around steroids. Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? I do, and I didn't do the Kurt did the Javi interview with you, but I I do. And this was this pre Mitchell report. Was it around the Mitchell report? And maybe it was around it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but but anyway. Yeah, but there I do, was some yeah. obvious sort of entree into the question with Javi. You know, I just sort of floated it out there, not expecting that he would really take a bite. And he just started talking about, you know, 
so Curtis helped me remember, right? He was like, well, look, you know, it's like if there's a bunch of, you know, if you're a race car driver and, and you know, um, some cars are using this fuel and some cars are using the other fuel, wouldn't you want to use the best fuel? Right. Um, I mean, he, I mean, I remember my jaw just sort of dropping during it where he, <laughs> you know, 99% of the way there um, admitted to taking steroids and was saying that a lot, of, you know, there was a lot of it happening in the Braves clubhouse as well. Right. So, yeah, we can't believe that we get this recorded and that we, I mean, you know, we, that we've had this conversation and I will never forget this. So we hang up with Javi, right? Kurt, you and I are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then while we're talking, Javi calls my phone back. <laughs> and it was not a butt dial. And it was not a butt dial. And I'm like, oh my God, Kurt, he's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. You guys can't you put can't. all that. <laughs> right. You can't put all that steroid stuff that. in there. I forgot we were recording or whatever. <clears throat> but literally, he was calling to say, hey, I said this thing about Bobby in the interview, and I feel like it's going to come off kind of negative. So will you guys cut that out? Like, the steroid thing did not even cross his radar. <laughs> he was worried. And it's kind of amazing, just as a side note, right? Kind of amazing the the um, the the love and loyalty they all have for Bobby. I mean, that's what he called back about, was to make sure that thing that could have been construed. I, I honestly don't remember what it was. No, me neither. But he was like, please cut that. Um, and then, you know, we... I remember we spent like two weeks uh, cutting audio out of it and sending it to like ESPN and, you know, Mad Dog and like really trying to make something happen with it, you know, because D.O.B. wrote about it like D.O.B. wrote a whole blog about it. And that, there was certainly a lot of, you know, a lot of juice yeah. for us there. <clears throat> and Craig Calcaterra picked up. Yeah, Craig Calcaterra wrote about it. Um, and he was at NBC Sports. Yep, he was then, the head baseball guy there sports. for a long time. He wrote about yeah. it, and we were like, this is happening. Yeah. Yes, we made it. <laughs> we're gonna, it Michael Wilbon's going to be talking about us right, too no, large. But that's another one. Yeah, we, we, sent, it, we sent it to <laughs> – we did send it to Pardon the Interruption and, like, the, the morning show. And, you know, we really tried to find a bunch of people, and it really didn't get any traction. But it was um, – <laughs> It was it was amazing. I mean that that I will never forget that moment. It was something. Yeah, I mean it was really yeah. surreal just him sort of coming out and admitting it like that. Well, it just shows that you know I, I, we've talked about it. I know a bunch, but it, like you you get some of these these older players and they're obviously out of the spotlight um, and they you know there's something about the attention of you know, reliving their, their glory days that, um, they just really enjoy. And, you know, the, the all the good aspect of it, you know, I mean, talking to all these guys, as Ham has said, it's, they're, they're always so gracious and so nice. And I think it's just because it's such an important part of their life and they appreciate that they are appreciated for that, that time in their lives, you know, and I'm sure it was a great moment for them and they're more than happy to, to relive it. I don't even, I mean, I know we've asked some people to be on the show. I mean, we've always tried to get Smoltz and Maddox and guys like that, but I don't sure. know that there's, 
Did, well, we did. I we did speak to Ch- Steve, and I spoke to Chipper. Yeah, Chipper was the number two hundred fifty. He was. Yes, he was. I should listen to the show. You really should. God. Yeah, because like his 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 agent sent us a nasty gram after because it went. He thought it went long, but it didn't. Like we were given a specific. You can only talk to Chipper for this amount of time. And it didn't go long, like it started late, or Chipper just like went long, you know. Um, and we got a nasty gram from his from his agent that we had kept him over time or whatever. Mm. Um, uh. So some other right, you know, we had um, Jerome Jurenovich, I remember yeah. talking to, and he was well, awesome. We had so I was I wrote down. I mean, we had so press people. We had Domino. Yep. Mitch Evans, Chip <laughs> Carey. Did we have Chip? We did have Chip. We did. Uh, EJ, Jerome Jurinovich, obviously yep. DOB, obviously um, Grant McCauley, Gabe Burns. Um, Jim Powell cool. this year. Yep. Who was super nice. Yeah, I tried to get Pete Van Weeren. Uh, he was at book signing. Yeah. I went to his book signing, which is at Manny's tavern, which is right up the street from my house and bought a book and handed him my card. And he said, Oh yeah, talk to my secretary and we'll set it up. And I talked to her and never heard back. Yeah. We had a bunch of front office people. I remember at the, at the 2016, like fan fest, you know, copy and Derek Schiller and John Scherholtz were all, you know, giving like a panel. And uh, I waited in line to talk to Capalella and true to form, like he was so personable and so nice and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd be happy to come on the show and, oh, and talk to so-and-so to get Derek and Scherholz on. And we had, you know. Yeah, that was the show. Yeah. It was Scherholz and then Schiller and then Copy. It wasn't Copy also driving down to like floor, the spring training with his wife in the car behind him. Yeah, and that, that sounds right. Yeah, and I got Terry I think I got Terry McGurk through Your dad? My dad, yeah. My dad was doing something with Hank Aaron. And I forget why that was. But um but but wasn't didn't Copy call you back all worried that he'd said something, Steve? Mm-hmm. Or was it maybe I'm maybe I'm conflating. Yeah, maybe you're conflating that with Hobby. Yep. Yeah, we had, but we had McGurk, Copy, Derek Schiller, Scherholz, the real Frank Wren. <laughs> That's right. And then, and then um, the fringe people are are great. So, um, <laughs> who was the high school kid who did <laughs> that? We had come on yeah. and do the do the farm report. Yes. Yeah, so he, this was actually our first guest ever. I found the name. It's some dude named Will Schaefer who was part of the MVN Sports Network, which doesn't exist anymore. Like, their Twitter account isn't there, and the 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 website just, you know, is not taken anymore. But, yeah, so they were some, like, national blog platform, I guess. But, yeah, he was, like, 16. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had Kevin Goldstein. Right, who was writing for Baseball Prospectus at the time, who then went on to be part of the um, Astros, <laughs> the Astros front office, and was eating ice throughout the entire interview. Yeah, That's I right. went. 
I went back through and was just looking at some of the names that I'd forget. So first of all, Jordan Schaefer was a he he burned hot for us for a while early on, and we interviewed him. I would say he was Kurt. Did you interview him, Jordan Maybe. Schaefer? I don't even Maybe. remember. But I, he, he must was, have been a clubhouse interview. He was, and he was not very forthcoming. I remember that that he was sort of one of the um, more cold ones. Uh, Air Jurgens, as we talked about him, Javier Vasquez, Jorge Jorge Campillo, ah, um, Gorkis, wow, Gorkis Hernandez, uh, Michael Bourne. I just had completely forgotten about Michael Bourne. Evan Gaddis, um, Gaddis. Uh, I remember a highlight for me throughout this whole reign. It really doesn't ha- it. That has to do with the show is when I was in Atlanta and Scott uh, Higgs, uh, Steve, as you mentioned, who does the is the voice of the Atlanta baseball talk intro uh, and the three of us. And Kurt, your uh, your wife hooked us up with amazing seats to a Phillies game. Right. Um, and we had like back to back to back homers to beat the Phillies when we were so horrendous and the Phillies were so good. And uh Nate McLeod, the member, they ghosted him. Like they, yeah. Did, yeah, they all ran into the clubhouse and didn't. And he was out there after hitting the walk-off homer, to, and no other <laughs> Braves were on the field. That was my highlight. That was my, I guess, non-show brightest brave memory during this whole run. Um, was getting to go to a game with you guys, and that was a big, a, a heady win for us. Yeah, I remember being at the. I guess it was game three against the Giants um, when Hinsky hit that go-ahead homer, right, Curtis? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then poor, uh, what's-his-face, Brooks Conrad. Uh, That's right. The three-error game. (laughs) Who is somewhere, um, I was reading through some of our synopses, who is the sweatiest brave of all time? Does that ring a bell? It feels like something, Steve, you would know. I would say it's Bob Wickman. Was he the sweatiest brave of all so. time? <laughs> it's come like full circle. That. It has. It has come full circle. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> well, I yeah, say- I was Go just going to say, like, after a while with the where Atlanta stuff, she then, the same woman that was the editor, she started, it would then just... They didn't want to do clubhouse. The Braves, I guess, didn't want didn't want us coming down to the clubhouse anymore, and so they would just set me up with independent interviews with players. So basically, it would just be one player that I would talk to, and through that, I got to talk to uh, Craig Kimbrell. I got to talk to Dan Uglo, which I joke about that I still have his phone number in my phone, which I think I do. But he called me back like after a game. It was super nice. I don't want to say anything, but he like the whole time it was like, are you driving through a tunnel or something? Because I could hardly understand a word he was saying. It was so noisy and so cutting in and out. It was same the same sort of thing. And uh, because I called him right before the game when I was supposed to call him, he's like, yeah, I just don't have time to do this right now. I'll call you back. So I was like, okay. And then (laughs) the worst audio. And I recorded it because I was going to try and have it for the show because I told him I was going to record it and have it for the show. And it was just completely unusable. Another phantom interview that's floating out in the ethosphere somewhere. So, guys, who who do you regret not getting on the show the most? Who's the one guy you wanted to talk to? For me, I'd say it was probably Maddox, who was yeah. always the longest of shots anyway. He was never going to do it. Probably Smoltz. 
Yeah, yeah I, I mean, just to have a third one, I would say Bobby. Right. Did we ever talk to McCann? Why do I feel like we talked to McCann at some point? I felt like you got him in a clubhouse interview. Yeah, I don't remember. He was one of the ones that I put in every single year, and because he was the biggest name, he and Chipper were the biggest names on those middle 2000s teams, and it was just never happening. And Ham, you we stepped out of the you know strictly baseball, and you had the baseball project on. Do you remember you ran that interview? Yeah, yeah, with Steve Wynn. Right. Um, right when they came out there for, they've come out with a couple since then, but yeah, he was, he and Pete Buck from REM did the baseball project. So we had him on and it was when the Yankees, he's a big Yankees fan. I remember the Yankees were whatever, trying to be good and failing as they seem to continue to do. And Steve, you had the organist on. Right. That's Matthew Kaminsky. Yes. He was, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. He was a very good dude. And then we had the the um, Dion's thirty for thirty director on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was great. He I can't remember great. his name, but he was really good. I got that interview actually. I forget. I think that might have. I don't remember how I got that. In. It might have been something through my work that we had that to do. I don't remember, but yeah, he was he was super. So and that uh, and that documentary is great. If anybody that documentary, yeah, is, the documentary is, is 30 great. Thirty on Dion yeah. when he's doing the Braves and the and the Falcons. That's why, of course, we talked to him. It was that that playoff run for the Braves, and he kept going back and playing for the Falcons and really was pissing Sherholz off. <laughs> exactly. So, guys, any other moments you want to capture? Well, I mean, not for the show, but I was looking at. Um, you know, I'm really proud of this season. It's funny to see sort of the journey that the Braves have been on. Um, and I was looking at some of the low points because uh, it, it felt like there were a lot of low points. Right. And a lot of our um, a lot of our listeners, you guys have been so gracious about <laughs> the compliments and just sort of in the in, in the thanks. And a lot of it was getting us through the dull times. But I remember <laughs> I looked at the uh, show number 203, which is. <laughs> all about how we like our chances for the the wild card and then show number 204 is when the they lost to the the Cardinals in the wild card game in the infield fly and um that was the low I think that was probably I was trying to think what was the lowest point of um of of the show as a Braves fan right did it did it get lower than that and that felt like the most heartbreaking heartbreak right there and I feel like this season I feel like I'm really happy. I mean, we it couldn't, we couldn't, obviously we could have won the world series, but um, this is the best Braves team that we've had since we were um, doing the show, you know? And oh, it's there's no it, doubt. And it's just, um, I think back to like how bleak it was when we started and, uh, and where we are now. I look at, we, we've been talking about Fulte for five years. Well, think about the bleak years of, you know, the rebuild and copy getting fired and dumping, you know, Kimbrel and Gaddis and the Upton brothers and just, you know, getting rid of Hayward. Hey, yeah. Chris Hayward. Johnson. <laughs> I, you know, it was really, it was really grim talking about the team week to week during some of those, you know, 2016, 2017 weeks. Yeah. And all the pitchers. 
trying to get excited by some pitchers, but just so many names. Yeah. Chuck James. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when we started, you know, Buddy Carlisle was part of the was part of the rotation. But Ham, you know, to, to your point about this year, not only right so satisfying, just because, um, you know, I mean the the team has arrived. I mean the team should be good for another eight, ten years. You know, um, I mean the window is just opening now, um, and it was really special to have success in the playoffs and to do the the daily um, playoff recaps. I mean, I know we've been looking backward, but really just, you know, that month was those three weeks, whatever, was so fun. You know, we had never done that. Um, we never won winning a, seven in a row, of course, was a nice way to start. Yeah. Winning um, a playoff series. What's was that? A nice way to, winning a playoff series yeah, was exactly. good <laughs> at all winning in the postseason but just that experience of talking about the games right after they happened like you know we'd honestly never done that in in the 14 seasons and that was really cool you know i mean that that's one of the things that i will never forget was was living the the you know the playoff run show by show by show game by game yeah although remember when <laughs> in the hot ham and steve days just to bring it full circle but um I think we tried that for a while. Didn't we try to do like every Sunday show as we would recap all the games from the week before? Oh, yeah. No, we were like reading box scores and stuff. It was bad. <laughs> and we had, but we had the artwork to go along with it. Remember the original artwork? Oh, yeah. The, the, the baseball with the, um, the two baseballs with the, the, head, the headsets with the on. <laughs> I do remember. Um, well, I just, you know, it's interesting how this is sort of morphed through social media, too, because I remember when we were doing this back in the day and it was all on AtlantaBaseballTalk.com and it was all like comment sections, you know, I mean, that's where the go to feedback and conversation was after a show. And I remember we got so excited because after one show, we had like a hundred comments. Yeah, because people were like, watching Whoa. the games together through the comment section. Right. And there was just that that really core group of, you know, like 12, 14 people that we got to know, Bob Dylan and Leah and Mark in Memphis and all these guys that we used to have connections with back then. And, and, yeah. And, of course, yeah. yeah. And, you know, then it moved over to Facebook and Facebook, in all its terribleness, sort of wasn't the place that we wanted to be. And since then, it's been on Twitter, you know, but I mean, I still sort of fondly remember back to those days where it was just a simple comment section on our website and, you know, just that interaction with those folks just week after week and how, um, you know, sort of innocent and, and, you know, stable it was back in those days. I mean, we didn't even think about like numbers of downloads or anything like that. I mean, it was just, I just, I remember, comments. yeah. And sorry, Kurt, to, to to jump in here, but I do remember, like, for some reason, when we hit 175, that was, like, meant a lot to us. The first time we hit 175, it was a jump for us. Um, Show number 175? No, listeners. Oh, listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sure, in the early days, we knew the first names of everybody who was listening because they were friends. You know, that was it. And Kurt's mom. 
Joan. Joan. So, guys, you ready to sort of wrap this up? Not really. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this has been a... So, Steve, thanks to you, man. Because, like you said, you kicked this off, and, um, you know, I, I feel so lucky that you sort of considered all the people who you might think could do this and start this with you and that you called me. Um, so thank you for that. And, and Curtis, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that we're buddies and that we get to do this together as well. And that this all worked out. This has been, Oh yeah. I honestly, I'm thinking about this. It's safe. Like my wife and my children, this has been the most remarkable rewarding thing I've ever had the privilege of doing in my entire life. So it's really been spectacular. I don't even know what I'm going to do with my Sunday nights. I, I can't watch Sunday night TV like now live. It will be weird. I'll have to watch it on <laughs> recorded three days later just for nostalgia. Yeah, no, when I look back on, you know, what I'm sort of most grateful for through this whole thing, I mean, first and foremost, it's you guys. Just, you know, there's just no doubt the, the, us hanging out and and the i mean ham you and i of course were friends for you know many years many many years before this but kurt being able to meet you and becoming so close and just the three of us and and just the camaraderie that we have had through this whole thing uh, you know i will never forget and we will always have um and just the sense of community with the listeners. And yeah. uh, like you said, you know, folks on the website and on Twitter and on Facebook. I mean, it's just, it is super gratifying. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I will always remember it, you know? Yeah. It's like uh, just all the people who've taken the time to send a tweet or something. We read each one and each one is, is thrilling to read and is much appreciated. So thanks for, uh, you know, like we say, this has been a labor of love, but the folks who have been here and have listened to just one episode or have listened to, you know, 501 episodes, um, it's it's so rewarding to get to have done the show and to and have people who like it, <laughs> you know, and who listen along. It's been it's been such a thrill. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I was at a uh, one last thing. I was at a Stripers game and um posted a picture on the ABT site and a dad reached out to me and he was like, Oh, who, which one of you guys is here? And I, I said, it's Kurt. And he said, Oh, I'm here with my son and we love your show. Would you mind coming and meeting it, <laughs> meeting me <laughs> and my son? Like, you know, and I was like, of course, but it, you know, in my mind, I'm like, God, does he really <laughs> want to meet me? <laughs> I mean, I'm just a guy that does a, a podcast, but it's just, yeah, it's ham, you know, I mean, just to have any, have had any impact on anyone's life, have any impact on people's love for the Braves, because that's the other bottom line on all this is how much we all, I, you know, we all love our, the Braves. We love them perhaps in our own specific ways, but the thing that's driven this whole thing is obviously that we love the Braves more than any other sports team. I think that that's safe to say. So that's been the driving point. And honestly, to have, had any impact in that world is I remember when the Braves we caught a glimpse on Twitter when what did they they flagged us as a what it was it Steve as an uh, influencer or something like that oh yeah and then we got invited to something is that what yeah you're and I was about? like holy cow the Braves think we're an influencer yeah. 
Um, yeah, just all of the, uh, you know, we've gotten so many great letters and comments and stuff from folks talking about how we have, um, you know, been part of their Braves fandom or given them a way to connect to the team or through this have connected, you know, like, uh, you know, connected family members that, hey, you know, me and my brother who don't live in the same city anymore, we talk about the show as, you know, like as we talk about the Braves. And I mean, all that stuff is just, I'm so grateful to hear that stuff from people. I mean, it's really just so lovely. Well, and yeah. the guy, who was the guy that was start, was doing the, I don't know if he's still doing it, was doing pregame or something for the Braves. And he was right, like Wiley. a teenager listening to listening to our old podcasts and was a comments one of the commenters on our website what was his name wiley yeah i mean it's yeah crazy. he's gone i think he's he does stats for the for the um radio broadcast now and yeah and we heard him on he, he was doing a post-game show one night yeah um so look some other thank yous i want to make sure we don't forget people um you know mike who is a neighbor of mine who I was at his house one night and shared this idea with him. And, and he's just a really smart sort of technical guy. And I was like, you know, he sort of jumped in and really figured out all the technology stuff for us, which we may have never gotten this thing off the ground without him. And so true. Always been there. Um, you know, Scott, who we've talked about, who's done our, um, intro and outro and Frank and who were there, you know, these guys were there from the beginning. Um, our bloggers over the years, Sean, Vinny, Mike, other Mike, Matt, New York, faux Frank Wren. You guys remember faux Frank Wren from yeah. Twitter, who was just a fantastic follow on Twitter. And he would, he did some stuff on the site. Um, he was always a good friend of the show. And uh, Vinny. Vinny. Yes. Vinny. <laughs> Um, our wives, of course, who have put up with this for a really long time. Yeah, my friend Mike, who did our artwork for the or the redesign, getting away from the baseballs with the headsets and did the <laughs> ABT artwork. Yeah, and of course, my friend Jen, who worked at Wear Atlanta and got us down to the the press pass. And the, the man's name is Will Pettis, and his son is Jake. That I got to meet at the Stripers game. I'll never forget that. Oh, and yeah. Megan, I've seen his name. I, I know him. Yeah, Megan, of course, our our friend who was the PR director for the Braves for a while, who has been a champion of ours. Yeah, it is true. Um, yeah, and you guys, you know, uh, it's been great to to ride along on this journey for fourteen years with you guys. Um, it's been great. Yeah, man. Go Braves. Yeah. So, okay. You guys ready? I'm going to sign off. Do no it. parting thoughts on Braves? Not going to talk about the Braves at all? Uh, nowhere to go but up. I think right. that... Any predictions on any of these free agent pitchers coming to the Braves? Got it. So, I know the reports about Wainwright came out this week. Um, I mean, look, it'll be someone like that, or like we talked about on the last show, you know, like a... Paxton or Quintana or one of these, you know, it's going to be a guy on the other side of 30. Who yeah. Will sign a deal. Yeah. It's going to be a short term guy. Who's a little bit past his prime, but the off season is going to be so weird and so slow. Um, and so know. uncertain. Yeah. There's just so much uncertainty ahead. Yeah. They have no idea what next season's going to be. 
and the money after they've lost all this money this year. I'll be curious to see who's going to be out there spending. Yeah, absolutely. All, all right, right guys. Do it. One more time. That is the show. And so here's where I say we'll be back next week, but that's not how it's going to go. So um, one more time, a huge thanks to everyone who has ever listened or tweeted or come up to us, sent a, a, a note or a mail through the site. Um, really, thank you to everybody. It's been an enormous joy. Uh, remember, you can find us at Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Um, we will remain on Twitter at ATL, ATL Baseball Talk. You can always find us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Uh, find us out on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.